Two ordinary-looking guys are sitting on one ordinary-looking bench somewhere in New York City. It's daytime on this residential street, and even though the two are casually chatting, they're also waiting. Waiting for someone. On the lap of one of the men is what looks like a transistor radio. It's about the size of a 1980s-era Sony Walkman. It has a small antenna on the side of it that's pointing outwards, out towards the street. The men are glancing over at a minivan about 30 feet away that has just finished parking. A woman gets out of the van, goes around to the trunk, gathers up a child's backpack and some groceries, and closes the door. And as she walks away, she uses her key fob to lock the car. And just like that, the little device in the man's hand beeps. Thank you, Mom, says the man quietly to himself, and the two men stand up and begin to walk towards the van. As they approach, the man presses a button on the machine in his hand, and then, as if by magic, the van unlocks, and the two men slip inside. That scene was from the first season of the TV show, Mr. Robot. Elliot and his gang of merry hackers need to get out of town, and traveling in a stolen minivan seems like as good a ride as any. They certainly made it look easy on the show. And from what I could tell, the whole thing seems pretty undetectable, which, as the owner of a new-ish car with a new-ish car key fob, certainly got me thinking. Back in April... Wired reported on a Beijing-based security firm that had built a device that could intercept car fob signals, just like the one on Mr. Robot, all for about 22 bucks. And not only was this done for cheaper than it had ever been done before, but it also now had a longer range too. Using this device they built, car fob signals could now be intercepted from about 1,000 feet away. And in November, two car thieves were caught on camera stealing a Mercedes from right outside the sleeping owner's house. It was done using a series of what's called relay boxes. The first device was positioned near the house where it was able to capture info from the owner's own car fob that was presumably tucked safely behind their locked door. It was then able to relay that same signal to another box placed right beside the Mercedes that could transmit the code that they'd captured. And voila, the car opened almost instantly. The whole thing took less than about a minute. There's security camera video of it online. And if you haven't seen it, it's totally fascinating. And we'll put up a link to it on our website at hackablepodcast.com. So, of course, all of this got me thinking. Are our cars really this vulnerable? Is it really that easy to break into my car? And then I found a hacker who promised to show me just how insecure our modern cars really are. Welcome to Hackable an original podcast from McAfee. This computer is on the job around the clock in case of attack. Their principal target is you. The design is complete, but will it work? Shake hands with danger. I'm Jeff Siskin, and I'm here, as always, with Bruce Snell, cybersecurity expert. Hello, Jeff. Uh, In just a few minutes, I'm going to travel to the capital city of Canada, Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. I knew it was Ottawa. (laughs) There you go. You'd be good at at, at Canadian (laughs) trivia. Where I'm going to meet a a hacker 
Tim Martin, who is going to show me, as he's promised, just how easy it is to break into your car. I just bought a new car, and it's the first car I have that just has a fob. It doesn't, uh-huh. it doesn't even have a key. It doesn't have a key. It feels to me that a key was a pretty decent technology. Yeah. And I, I know talking to hackers, you know, you can still pick a lock. Right. But is this one of those technologies that needed to be improved? Or have we just opened ourselves up to to all sorts of vulnerabilities because of it? Well, I mean, that's that's a good question, right? I like the the, the keyless one, but there there is a certain you know visceral feel to putting in a key and turning it right versus just pushing a button. And mostly because I just always forget the key fob, you know, like <laughs> get out of the car and you know, I'm like oh, where's the key? I have to go back and get it. But you're right. I I don't know. I I, I think this is really up to we'll, we'll see how the market demands come out with it, right? Because we potentially are opening ourselves up to bigger security issues. But I know from conversations I've had with automotive manufacturers that there's a lot of security that goes into it, right? So okay. it is it is something that, you know, is a new technology that does open up new potentials for security issues. But I think a lot of those issues people are very aware of. And there's active development going on to make sure that though they don't become an issue. So... The hacker we found for this hack, he's a white hat hacker, so he's not a car thief. As far as you know. As far as we know. But for this episode, we wanted to talk to somebody who was. We really wanted to get inside the head of somebody who actually breaks into cars in order to learn a little bit about what their mindset is and why they do what they do. So our story producer, Pedro Mendez, tracked down a guy who would prefer we don't use his real name. So we're going to mysteriously call him Jack from the UK. Okay. He, he is actually from the UK, but his name isn't Jack. Or maybe it is. <laughs> and we, so we spoke to him in the UK, and I want to play that for you now. Back in my heyday, in my younger days, I used to be a professional magician slash thief. From a young age, from about sort of 17, 18, um, I used to work the, the, the magic circuits, do magic gigs in kind of um, pubs and, and bars and clubs and that kind of thing. And I used to do this, this one sort of trick. Spread the deck of cards for the spectator. He chose a card. He returned the card back to me. I placed it back in the deck. And then I asked the man for his wallet. And from his wallet, I would take out his credit card. And the kind of idea of the trick was to convey how simple it was for someone with the required skills to pick someone's pocket or take their card or their car keys or whatever it might be. So as I was leaving for the evening, a man sort of cornered me in the um, in the car park outside and he said, I saw that trick you did. Um, I'd be interested in using those skills for another purpose. And he said, would it be possible to replace the credit card with car keys in order to break into someone's vehicle? So I agreed. Did you work in the, the, the breaking into cars into your magic act? We sort of adapted it a little bit. When me and this guy and a couple of other accomplices would go to the bars or pubs or whatever it might be, I would perform a magic trick, and sometimes I would take the keys from them as a way to, as, as sort of like a, a, a psychic trick, and then while they weren't looking, I would press the, the key fob to open the door, which was in the parking lot outside, and then my sort of accomplices would go in, take a handful of items, but not enough to make it suspicious, and then we'd be out of there. And, and did you did you do any of the sort of like traditional uh, uh, breaking into cars? Oh, yes, very much so. Sometimes the, 
the possessions inside the car were more valuable than the car itself. If there's a sat-nav, which we could get for a hundred, sell for a hundred pounds or whatever, um, that would be more valuable than wasting a minute trying to steal the car and possibly risk capture. So for the sake of 10 seconds, breaking a car window and stealing a, a sat-nav or a CD or a telephone or a purse that might be lying on the side, a thief wouldn't think twice about just doing that straight away. What turned things around for you? Were you caught or did you just make the decision? Never never caught, never caught to this day. Um, that might change after this podcast, of course, but no, I've never, never been caught. Um, to me, it was kind of minor inconveniences to the person we were stealing from. And I didn't give it a second thought, although now I do and obviously I feel terrible about it. Because it, it happened to me a, a year or so ago, I got my car vandalised and broken into. And I, and I thought, yeah, this was me, it's kind of like karma, it's what I deserve. Wow, well thank you, thank you so much for sharing your story. No, no problem at all. Thank you very much for having me on. So that was our nameless uh, car thief from the UK. Union uh, Jack. The Union, <laughs> Union Jack, we'll call him, uh, who makes it all sound very, very easy. And in fact, it is, it is pretty easy. Well, I am, shortly I'm going to jump on a plane and travel to what is supposed to be very, very cold this time of year, Ottawa, Canada, where Tim Martin is going to show me just how easy it is to uh, break into my rental car using his fancy thing. All right, I'm off. I'll see you soon, Bruce. Good luck. I'm here with Tim Martin. You are a guy who does a lot of things and knows a lot of things, including how to hack a car fob. Yeah, I can unlock your car pretty easily. Okay. So what do you need to do that? What, where? Show me the ways. So all we need is this little device here. Looks a lot like a USB stick uh, with an antenna on it. Yeah, sticking out of your laptop. It's called a Yardstick 1. Okay. With that device, what we're going to do is unlock your car because your car fob, the actual key, sends a signal to your car and your car unlocks. Everybody knows this. It's pretty simple. Uh, I'm going to intercept that signal and then I'm just going to copy it and unlock your car with it later. Okay, so I, I don't have my actual car here. I've actually flown to Ottawa, which is your home. It is. Rented a brand new car, and you are going to attempt to uh, capture the fob information and break into my rental car. Exactly, and I'm going to steal all the stuff you left there. Perfect. Well, that's, uh, that's great. I haven't, of course, told the rental company I'm doing this. So Of course, they never need to know this. So you're I don't not, think it's on their form. You're not going to break the car? The car should be totally fine. And when I return it, I'm not going to lose my whatever? No, hopefully, hopefully not. Okay. I mean, not, not because of me, at least. <laughs> okay, excellent. All right, so, so we have this laptop, this giant antenna. What do we do? So I run this script, basically, that uh, smells for the packets in the air. Okay. And uh, I set it to the specific frequency of your car key fob. And now, of course, everybody wonders, well, how did you figure out the uh, frequency of my car key fob? That was going to be my next question. There you go. I'm predictive that way. Uh, unfortunately, and well, semi-fortunately, there is a lot of regulation over radio signals. Uh, if you play something on a radio signal that you do not own, the federal government will show up and ask you a lot of questions. Uh, a lot quicker than you would assume, unfortunately. So, and, 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 and when you click unlock on your key fob, is that a radio signal? That is a radio signal, yeah. So it's going to be in uh, certain megahertz. Uh, most of them are somewhere around like 300 to 400 something megahertz, okay. uh, depending on the brand. So each car manufacturer, when they want to do a key fob, they have to buy a frequency, essentially, or well, they license it because you can't buy a frequency. Uh, and then they get given that, and then their cars only use that one. So all their cars, or well, all their specific model of car for that key fob get to use that. 
Okay. So it's pretty easy to find out uh, because it's also publicly announced by the FCC. Uh, you can go to a website called FCCID.io. Okay. And then type in on the back of your key fob. If you take a look at it, it should say FCC ID on there because by law it has to. Really? It has to physically be printed on the key fob? Yeah. Okay, I'm fishing mine out of my pocket. Hold on. Oh, so it's, so I guess written on the back in the tiniest. In the tiniest. The font. tiniest of letters. I guess this is like, so they're just following the regulation. They're, they're but following the more. rules, but nothing more. Exactly. Okay. So take a look. Are you able, even able to see that? Uh, not with my eyes, but I'm going to use a trick called taking a picture and then, <laughs> and then zooming in. Uh, this is some high-tech stuff you do. Some high-tech stuff. I mean, I don't have a magnifying glass because I'm not that rich. But well, yeah, one the, day. But you have, a, you have a very fancy cell phone. So. I, I do, yes. So as you can see there, it's now a lot more readable. Oh, yeah. So that's the, it's this FCC ID number. Okay. So my, my car keys have them. This one does. Everybody has to have them. So then you just go to FCCID.io. You, uh, you type in the number there. Uh, you hit enter, and you scroll down, and it says operating frequencies, frequency range. Oh. So that this key is operating on 433.92 megahertz. Okay, whatever that means. That's So now, now you have the frequency that my rental car is going on. Exactly. I'm so, sure that's technically not right at all, but let's go with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I know what to expect kind of thing. So instead of just kind of like sniffing every frequency, which would be a pain to go through, I've now narrowed my search very delicately down to I know exactly what I'm looking for so I don't get something on accident that I think is right. Okay. So I set up my program and I say, okay, look on this frequency that we got, the 433.92 megahertz. And so I'm going to now kind of sniff the the air for radio signals in that range and, and we'll see what pops up. And when you press the unlock button, we should see the key show up, which will look very much so different than background noise. Okay, and how far away can you be from this? You can be pretty far. Okay, so so if we wanted to, I guess, sniff the error, or what, what do you call it? Uh, it's called sniffing. Just, okay. Just, uh, I guess, the most appropriate term for us humans for what computers do. So it's, it's, it's cold outside, so I'm not going to go back to my car right now. But if I go to the other side of the room and press unlock, yep. do you want to see if you can capture it? Sure, we should be able to. Okay, so I'm, I'm all the way on the other side of the room. Are you ready? Okay, should be good to go anytime you want. Okay, so I'm going to press unlock. There we go. What do you mean? Popped up a big chunk of digits right there. Oh, okay, so I'm now looking at your screen again, and it's this crazy long code of numbers and letters. Explain to me what happened. I went across the room, I pressed unlock on my thing, what what was your computer able to glean? So what happens when you press unlock, your key fob sends a code. It's an encrypted code, but it's a code nonetheless. And I've intercepted that, which is what all these garbage numbers look like, which is what encryption looks like, because encryption should look like garbage. You shouldn't be able to tell what it is. Yeah. Otherwise, there'd be no point, right? That would make sense. Right. So now that I have that, uh, I've stored that information, and I've stopped your car from seeing it. So the car is expecting this or, or something similar to it in the encrypted form to be sent to it the next time you want to unlock it. Okay. So I'm holding on to that information, and then the next time you press your key again, because obviously when you press your key and it doesn't work, you're going to not look around for hackers. You're going to first press the key unlock button again because you think, oh, I just didn't press it hard enough or whatever, right? Yeah. Which I've probably done a million times. When you press it the second time, I'm just going to replay the first code and then copy the second one as well. So I'm always one step ahead of you. 
Because okay. it's called it's called a rolling code. Okay. So your car and your key fob know a certain number of codes together, and so it's like I'm going to be one step ahead of you, but just replaying the most recent one anytime you press the unlock button. So, and if I dumb it down to an insane level, basically your your car fob is saying, "Hey, I'm Mr. Gobbledygook number. Are you my uh, buddy?" And your car's like, "Yep, I'm your buddy." But but there's you know they have a secret handshake, but they have like. I'm going to say 15 secret handshakes or however many secret handshakes they may have. Yeah. And they go through handshake number one. Next time you press it, handshake number two. Next time you press it, handshake number three. Is that kind of... That's basically how it works, yeah. Okay, so you've just captured secret buddy handshake number one. Yeah, so now next time I go up to your car, I'm going to use secret buddy handshake number one because that's what he's expecting to happen. Okay. And then I'm going to unlock it. Okay. That's terrifying. And, and cool. <laughs> I don't know, like I, it's, yeah, I love this stuff. And then it also makes me not want to have a car like with a key fob. Exactly. Okay. So, um, uh, shall we go unlock the car? Sure. Let's give it a go. Okay. Okay. So we're back outside in the, uh, visitor parking lot outside your place. Yep. Going towards my car who had no idea. Uh, he's, uh, he's in for quite a surprise, hopefully. <laughs> All, right. All right. So we're outside the car. You've set up your laptop on the front hood of the car with your antenna thing there. I always think, like, this is the point of the hack. You would notice the dude with the computer on the front hood of your car. <laughs> but I guess by that point, you have the code. I do. Uh, and, and for, like, a, an actual thing where I was going to steal someone's car, I would use something a little more graceful uh, yeah. than a laptop. <laughs> You can buy probably like a small Arduino or something. It's like a, a really tiny computer, probably a little bit bigger than a credit card. Okay. And you can plug in this USB stick, and then you can probably hide it somewhere on your target's car. Just duct tape it on uh, underneath the front bumper. There's normally a ample amount of space because okay. of uh, the way they design cars to crumple now. So there's a lot of, a lot of empty room there. Okay. And obviously, you didn't do a, a thorough check of your car when you got it. Check under all the crevices for hacking devices. I, I did not. I, just, I did the cursory walk around. <laughs> but I, I didn't check for hacking devices. Yeah, check for bumps and scratches, but not uh, key sniffers. <laughs> I didn't. I will, I will now, though. So in that instance, uh, like with the actual thing attached to your car, it's going to automatically work. It's just going to, every time you come up, you're going to press unlock. That code gets stored in the device. It sends the actual code to your car. It unlocks to you. Nothing's changed. Okay. Then I just show up whenever I want your car or whenever I want the stuff that's in your car, unhook the device, press a button on it to replay the most recent code, and it unlocks. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So we don't have this tiny little hidden computer. What we have instead is your much older looking uh, laptop. Tell me what's happening with that. Uh, so what we got right now is the program's running. It's jamming the, uh, the car. So if we press the, the unlock button, okay. it's going to fail to unlock your car. So it's just it's just intercepting the signal somehow? It's, uh, it's intercepting the signal, so it's going to store the first one. So when we press the button the first time, okay. it's not going to work. Okay. Because we're jamming the signal for your car and, and copying it. So we press it the first time, doesn't work. Yeah. Press it the second time. There we go. The lights flash. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so the car, the car unlocked not with the first one, because you jammed that. Right, but the, the second, second one. one. So now if we run the code from the uh, the computer now, and we just run the uh, the one that we saved from earlier. Yeah, so now you're, you're running the first buddy handshake. The first buddy handshake, and the car lights flash. <laughs> See? See, you just, okay, so you just unlocked it with your laptop. Yep. Without my fob at all. Without the fob at all. No, it's, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, 
So in theory, if I called you up and I said that I had a brand new car, you could check out the ID. Just go online, find it, show up at your house, put something on your car, and then end up with your car a couple days later and you'd be very confused. I'm totally confused. Can you start the car with this or? I can't start it with this, but I can start it with something else. Okay, well maybe we should save that for another episode. Okay. But but, but uh, you can definitely get into my car and ransack. A ransack, if you leave any of your nice recording equipment in there, I'm sure that's pretty expensive. Take that, uh, laptops, phone, any of your loose change you're leaving in there. You can make a good couple bucks, especially in Canada with loonies and toonies lying around, eh? There you go. That's very patriotic of you. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thank you, Tim. No problem, man. I, I, uh, I appreciate this, and I have just something else to be worried about. So I, I, As appreciate, always. I appreciate that. Just the continuing fears for you, Jeff. No problem. I appreciate that. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> Bye. I'm back with Bruce Nell, cybersecurity expert. Uh, that was super easy. Like in some ways yeah. it's underwhelming how simple it is to break into my car. Yeah, it's it is it's a crazy thing. It's something that has been around for for years and it is it is fairly straightforward and it's not, not a difficult hack to 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 do. Well, Assuming you it, have the right equipment, right? But I think the equipment Yeah, it was not, not expensive. It's not fancy. It's not very fancy and it was no. using an old computer, so it seemed very doable. Right. In fact, um, this will pop up where there are, you know, car thieves that are running around and stealing different cars because, you know, using that same sort of, sort of technique. So we're at the point in the show where I ask you what we can do about this to protect ourselves. Is there anything? Well, this one definitely falls on the onus of the manufacturers. Okay. I think it's good to highlight these sort of attacks because it draws more attention to the issue. Uh, okay. Something that I think, you know, and I'm not saying that the manufacturers necessarily would be lazy about it or, or try to sweep it under the rug, but as it gets more publicity and more press, I think it becomes more prevalent in everyone's minds. And that causes things to actually move forward as far as providing a fix or providing better security for, for these vehicles. Okay. So ultimately, there's nothing you can do as a consumer. Well, I think, you know, definitely watch for for shady looking people in in hoodies Okay. With a laptop sitting in the, the garage, right? With a giant antenna. Yeah, with that's... a giant antenna. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess, do you complain to car companies? Do you, how do you, like, how does this get changed? You can, you can file complaints, right? You can write a letter or an email or, or provide feedback. But I think the biggest impact is going to be things like this, where it comes out in a podcast or, you know, an article hits the front of, you know, New York Times or something with people stealing these things because they're exploiting bad technology uh, in order to to steal cars. And I think it just, it's going to have to, the, the overall awareness of the, in the public is going to have to be raised. So let me just make sure I have this right. So mm -hmm. the, the two things you can do are watch for shady guys with uh, little receivers with giant antennas. That's right. And the second thing is, is you can produce a podcast on cybersecurity <laughs> that highlights uh, the dangers of relay attacks on car door openers. You can also write articles for the New York Times. <laughs> or, or write articles for New York Times. So either of those things uh, are helpful to do. I feel really bad because the last two episodes, we haven't really had a fix for the issues I know, that we're talking about. I know, about. we're supposed, this is the part we're supposed to give hope to the people. But let's, you know, let's keep things in perspective, right? The one that we were just talking about was, you know, being able to scan your fob as you're opening the door or closing the door yeah. or unlocking it uh, and then replay that message, right? Replay that signal, right? That's pretty, yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty straightforward and, and a very limited scope, right? Now there are more dangerous ones where people can actually hijack a car, but those take a little bit more more work to get done. And it's probably not something that's going to happen to the to the average average person. And I guess 
this type of attack, they can get into your car, but you can't start the car. Right, not with this one. Okay. There, so, there, there are other attacks where you can I'm start. I'm with. sure there are, but I just want to deal with this one for the moment because the other one freaks me out too much. So at least I guess the other takeaway is just don't leave your loose change in the car. Right. It's just a common sense thing. <laughs> Take out your valuables and you'll be fine. Well, see, that's that's why I drive a Jeep. I never keep anything of you know of value in the in the Jeep because th there's no top on it. All right, Bruce. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate Jeff. this. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. I'm Jeff Siskin, and you've been listening to Hackable, an original podcast from McAfee. If you like the show, please don't be shy in spreading the word. We are totally tickled by all of the nice things people have said about us on social media, and it's really, really helped spread the reach of our show. So thank you for that. We read everything you write, and we totally appreciate it all. And if you want to find out more about car fob hacking, or if you want to see some actual surveillance video of a car being stolen using a relay attack, head on over to hackablepodcast.com, where you can find a link to this video and much, much more. Thanks for listening. Next episode in two weeks. <laughs>